Welcome back to Moon Harbor Heroes. Today's issue is Cataclysm Crew, issue 49, Time and Time Again. On the cover, Amber and Alan kiss in the C4 training room. It's big and dramatic, taking up most of the page. Barely noticeable, in the upper right corner, Clara looks mortified as she opens the door. In the bottom right hand corner, there is a silver embossed sticker, adorned by a broken blade and encircled by jagged vines. The text on it reads, Ice and Thorns. We turn the page and our story begins. Our first scene in this issue opens on Monarch Man's office. Wild Thing, Clara, you have just approached to confront Monarch Man about the issues from the previous issue. Did you set up an appointment? Are you just barging in? Set the scene for me with that. Can I actually make a request that before going into the office, there's like a panel of the Wild Thing or Clara walking down the hall and there's like a couple of other employees there and she's just randomly turning people into her love and rival, like high levels of emotion. Like we don't even know who those people are. If you want to, you can write down some random names that now have influence over her. But I think she's like very, very stressed and feels so awful about what happened that her emotions are out of control. I love that. That's a great opening. So maybe like a couple of random faces and then they just turn red and blue and red and blue, all of that stuff. Phenomenal. We cut from there to the door of Monarch Man's office. And I think we had a panel of like this rather grandiose door and you standing and facing it. Are you like confidently knocking on the door? Are you like throwing the door open without knocking? How are you approaching the situation? I'm not like trying to break down the door, but I just open it. I'm not doing, whereas the last time that I visited Monarch Man's office, I was feeling very timid and worried to uh, impose upon him. Not feeling so worried about that today after everything that happened. He looks up from behind his desk and there's someone sitting in front of him, facing him. He looks up over that person and says, Clara, I'm in a meeting. Can I wait? And I'd really prefer if it didn't, I really need to talk to you. And yeah, please actually, no, it can't wait. Um, Don't kick me out right now. He looks at you for a long moment. I think we get like four panels of him looking at you. And then he kind of sighs and looks at the person in the chair Mr. Lamont, I'm afraid I'm going to have to reschedule. Stop and see my secretary on the way out. She'll get you an appointment for tomorrow. And Franklin Lamont, who is the city commissioner, who the readers know as Mutagen, the original Lighthammer's rival, is standing up and he looks past you. He looks to you and he says, have a great day, young lady. And then he closes the door behind him. So you are now in the office alone with Monarch Man. And he doesn't say anything. He just looks at you. I pull out, because we talked about Amber having known how to take apart the mechanism to get the tracker out. So I pull out the the trackers or the tracker, and I put it on the table, and I say, what is this? And then I smash it. He looks up and he says, I probably could have told you if you hadn't just destroyed it. I'm not sure what that is. What do you think it was? So she gave him a second. <laughs> I, I would like to have her to have given him a second to actually see what it was, but she's going to just not answer. He looks at you after a long moment and he says, okay, so we're playing this game then. That's fine. 
Let me explain something to you. Sometimes we make requests and we don't know what we're asking for. Sometimes we want people to give us rather strong and new technologies for nothing. And unfortunately, you don't get anything without giving something back. So, Clara, I took something. I'm glad that your friends found it. I'm glad that your friends are able to sniff it out. It shows that they are far more adept than I was expecting. But you barging in here is unacceptable. And I think you know that. And he looks away from you and starts like looking through a filing cabinet and is looking through for like, again, like probably four panels of like silence and stillness in the room as he's just looking through this filing cabinet. I think maybe a couple of panels of while he's doing that different parts of Clara's body, the cell, like the skin and the muscles just rippling in a bizarre way. Like she's not, she's almost transforming into something else, but not. He turns back with a file and I don't think he sees any of that transforming. He looks at you and he says, now I have this file here and I believe that it says that your parents had to pull a lot of strings to get you this internship. And it would be a shame if you couldn't keep it because you couldn't play ball. Here I thought you were a grown-up, but you might just be another kid like your friends there. Personally, I think that you could be spectacular. But if you don't want that, that's your prerogative. You're allowed to throw away your future, throw away all of your family's hard work for some kids you barely know. And he's shifting your labels. He's going to be shifting your mundane up and your savior down. Try to resist it. Cool. You do not have influence over him. So that is just a flat 2d6. All right. You resist the fuck out of that. So on a 10 plus, you're going to choose two from that list. I think I want to try to prove him wrong. He said, basically, stop acting like a child. Yeah, exactly. I will sit down in the chair, I guess, take the remains. I'm not transforming. Um, the rippling is, is over. She's in control now. So she sits down in the chair and looks at him and says, adult enough to know that you need a reason to trust somebody. So give me one. All right. Uh, you do get to take one other option off that list because you got a 10 plus. So if you want to do that before I respond to that, you can. Oh, um, I will shift uh, one label up and one label down, I, I guess. I, I'm not, I don't think like it makes sense quite to cancel his influence. I still feel like he's right. He, he's, there is a lot that he did to get me here. That I need this, right? So I think instead of that, I'm going to shift my savior up and my Oh no, my superior up and my mundane down. That feels right. Sweet. He looks at you and he says, you need a reason to trust me. Okay, that's understandable. Your friends have done some incredible things for this city. My nephew in particular has done some incredible things for this city. That said, they have also done some incredibly criminal acts. They have broken countless villains out of high security prison twice. I've been in communication with the people at Saber and someone needs to keep an eye on them, but it shouldn't be Saber. 
There's too much bad blood there. So I figured if anyone was going to do it, it should be someone who's not going to hurt them without a second thought. I'm not going to attack my nephew's team. I'm not going to attack your team. I just want to make sure that some adult has eyes on them. Okay, I get that. It sounds like maybe your intentions... It's hard for me to conceptualize your actions with your intentions because you went behind their back and my back and I I was not expecting that. He smiles a little bit and he's like, be honest, what teenager would willingly accept advice from an adult? Would willingly accept help from an adult? Particularly one who is in a position of major authority in a company like this. She kind of looks at the floor. Yeah, you have a point. I probably wouldn't. I know. And that's one of the things that I respect about you. You are smart and intuitive and independent. And it's one of the reasons why I think you could be a really great fit here at Monarch Power for a long time. So I think it's best that we just forget this whole thing happened. You can go tell your friends you had a good yell at me and I've learned the error of my ways or that you think I'm full of shit or whatever you need to tell them. But when the time comes, I hope you know that I have the best intentions at heart. I want the best for them and for you, Clara. I believe you. Good. In that case, I think that we're done here. Sorry about the trackers. I'm less concerned about the trackers than about you storming into my office. If you do that again, you are fired on the spot. Do you understand? Yes, sir. I will exit and follow the according procedures for when a meeting is over, close the door quietly, not disruptively, and everything, the panel of the people walking by as I leave down the hallway away from his office, it shows their faces and everyone is in a gray fog. Phenomenal. Awesome. Let's cut over out of the gray fog to Amber and Alan. Amber and Alan, I think it's time that y'all had a talk. Where are you meeting? Oh, boy. I mean, obviously on C4. Yeah, that makes sense. C4 makes sense. I guess, is this same day as last time or is this sometime later? I think this is probably a couple hours after you got C4 functional. So both of the previous two issues ended with C4 flying. The The end of your issue is like you all got C4 moving. And then the end of the other issue with Lucy, Al, and Alan they got back to C4 just as it started to move. So right now the whole team would be there if we started right away. I'm going to say it's probably a couple hours later so you all can have some privacy. Sounds good. Are you in Amber's room? Are you in the training room? Where are you two? I'll let Amber set the stage. I was going to ask you two. Okay. (laughs) I guess like once it's things have calmed down and Amber has made sure that Al isn't around, she would go over and try to find Alan wherever he is. Well, if she's looking for Alan, Alan's probably going to be in the training room. Okay, training room it is. Effectively been where he's been living (laughs) when he's not on the coma bed. Yeah, did we set up a, or did y'all set up a bedroom for Alan? Or is it like a cot in the training room? Is he still sleeping in the infirmary? Where is Alan sleeping? I feel like we would have set up a room for him. There's got to be room on the spaceship. It's just whether or not he's actually sleeping in there. He would have taken one of the cells. There is no privacy in those. They have translucent walls. He doesn't care. 
He just he just sleeps in a cell. <laughs> oh my god, this is the moodiest character in all of Mood Harbor, and I play Faye. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so uh, Alan is in the training room as Amber enters. And she keeps her head out of the door to look both ways for Al and then closes the door behind her. Like, thank God. Okay, we're actually alone for once. And what what is Alan doing? You would probably... Okay, so the scene would be set. It would show a picture of the training room. And there are training drones floating around the room. And Alan is trying to hit them or is knocking them out of the sky with lightning bolts and hand-to-hand combat, taking the ones that get close to him out. So I think Amber would watch that for a good minute or two before clearing her throat kind of awkwardly and being like, hey. Oh, oh, Amber, I I didn't see you there. Training simulation off. And I think the drones would just stop moving and then fly back and do whatever holes they come out of, I guess. Uh, 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 What what brings you in here? I am assuming it's not to train. No, um, no, training's fun, but uh, not not right now. Um. I guess we just never really had a chance to talk much after you came out of a coma. So we were talking and then Crown of Thorns came and kidnapped us. So that kind of interrupted it. Yeah. Yeah. About that. Uh, I'm sorry. That's, that's not your, your fault. You don't have to apologize for that. No, not, not for that. That's Al's fault. Well, kind of, but that's besides the point. I'm sorry for forgetting everything. I know that's also not my fault, but damn it if it doesn't feel my fault. No, I'm not. I'm not upset at you about that. I mean, yeah, like it hurts. There's a lot you missed, but that's not your fault. It's like I was dead for what? Three months? Four months? How long was I out? That is a good question. How long has it been? <laughs> I. It's yeah, it's been a few months. It was two months uh, from lightning to back in time. Then y'all were like back for about a week before you were arrested. And then I think it was like a couple weeks or like a week and a half, two weeks from there. So it's been, let's say about three to four months, roughly. Decent chunk of change. So it's like I've been dead for, you know, three to four months. And then suddenly I'm back. Yeah, it was hard enough when we thought you were dead for three weeks. I just, I, I missed you. Missed you too. So is that what you really wanted to come in here and say? Mm, Okay, so... One of the things you forgot was back when we went to get you in the past, we kissed and in the, in the past. Yeah. And we never really figured that out. Cause then we got back and you got arrested, but that's a thing that happened that you should know about. And Amber is like whole face is red. Uh, How do we start over? I, I don't know. I just, I didn't, I wasn't sure how you'd react. I think at this point, Alan is going to walk up to Amber and grab her hand and like hold her hand for a moment and be like, I'm asking you from this moment forward, would you like to start over? I think we see like when he grabs her hand, we see the uh, electricity sparking and then Amber uh, leans up and kisses him. And the crowd goes wild. Wait, like kisses him like lips, kisses him on cheek. Oh, on the lips. Cool, cool, cool. All right. I think this image of you two standing like side by side. Cool. I like that. Do you want anything else from that scene? Or are you going to stop there? I think that covered most of what we were looking for. <laughs> yeah, that I'm good with so that. works so well. Uh, the door slides open and Clara is standing there. And she looks distraught. 
Clara, you came straight to Z4 from work and we're in that gray haze. What do you look like right now? I think like maybe half out of costume, like, or half out of her normal person clothes. Like her glasses are off. Like she was about to totally go full wild thing before she came, but she was just so in a haze that she like didn't finish. So like her glasses are off and like the hair tie, you know how when you take the hair tie off at the end of the braid, but it's been in for a really long time and it like kind of stays, but like doesn't really. Yep. She looks like that. And maybe like eyes are a little glazed over. So the door opens and Claire is standing there, eyes a little glazed over, looking a little worse for wear. What do the two of you do? I think we were kissing when she walks in, so she has to see that. Yeah, I was say, I think maybe she's like, immediately the glaze goes away and she's like, oh, uh, mm, and closes the door. Clara. Oh, uh, awkward door open. <laughs> Alan walks, Alan lets go of Amber's hand for a moment, walks to the door and it's like, how do these doors open? I ain't really quite figured this out yet. They slide. Yeah. Amber just goes over and like slides open the door. So why does it work for you and not me? You, you got to touch it. Oh, you have to like physically slide it open. I know it's disappointing. Standing there, like, do I leave? She was in the middle of deciding whether or not she should leave. So you see like a mid awkward, wide eyed, bit bitten lip person. It's very human. Poor her. The confusion. Hey, Clara, you okay? Yeah, I'm uh, good for you guys. I'm glad. Okay, well, this, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. The moment. Claire, are you are you okay? What do you need? Well, I just um, I I broke the the tracker. Tracker? Like, if you were to have a shot on Alan at this point, it would definitely have two very cartoony question marks over his head. You broke the tracker that we took out. I I feel like I'm mixing. I'm missing some context. The device that had the. I'm sorry that that my actions led to somebody spying on you. Oh, don't worry. We've already dealt with that before. It's not your fault. You didn't know. And trust us, Clara. Literally, Saber's been spying on us from the beginning. Then I died. And then they spied on you. So we're used to it. Saber has... I have never interacted with Saber. I don't think that... I just think that... I don't know. Monarch Man and Monarch Power... I don't think they're shady, but like I think that they overstepped their boundaries, and I didn't know that they were going to do that. And I'm sorry, but I I broke it, the tracker, and uh, they can't track us anymore. I thought we we broke them at the end of the last session. You definitely took them out. I'm gonna say that like, you took them out so they could no longer track, but she like shattered it. Yeah, I I feel like the the ship disabled them. And then we took them out, like, physically. It's a symbolic shattering. Yeah. Um, I know that they weren't doing anything to hurt you anymore, but now they never can. And now we know that next time we need high tech, we Check should- for traps. Yeah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't trust Monarch Power. Yeah, probably a better idea to steal, you know, less tech stuff. I don't just- know. There's always strings attached. Always checks first. Exactly. There's always strings attached. They just, I think they literally just wanted to know, like, 
what's up with my nephew? But even still, like, that's that was such a violation of privacy. But hey, we got the ship working. So we could fly all, all over the city. Like, they, they can't find us. I was going to point out that this entire conversation, Alan will have a very, like, in all the panels, it's like a confused look on his face. Just because, again, he has no understanding of what privacy is. <laughs> Having grown up at Saber and basically been in a cell of some sort all his life, it's not a thing. Very clear understanding of what privacy is and is not from growing <laughs> up in a hospital. I think I think that you two are uncharacteristically positive today. And Clara kind of smiles and nods. I think like throughout these panels, we had seen like, the red starting to fade from Amber's face until it was like almost back to normal. And then Clara says that and just suddenly beat red again. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good today. Amber, you were right. That, that day with the, with the nurse. I think you were right. He came back for you. I'm trying to remember what I said. It was basically just like, would he come back for you? And he did. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't did. really remember every detail either. Yeah. You're right. He, he did. And, Amber's got this, like, huge grin on her face. I feel like I'm missing some context here, but, um... You were there, just not there. And I, like, knock on the side of my head. Right, right. So, Monarch's not following us anymore? What now? And with that, I think we're gonna cut away. You all have the mission. Go investigate. So, uh, a reminder for anyone who may have forgotten... Way back when, when we were t- looking at the file, like the flash drive that Lynx gave to Max, on it we saw some photographs of these like massive crates that were labeled like uh, Patient Martinez, something along those lines, at a auxiliary saber facility outside of town, kind of like tucked into the woods somewhere. Very like, think like hidden military base in the mountains. And the three of you are now outside it. It's massive and intimidating. Is it snowing? I think it's like raining. Damn. I think it's like drizzling and kind of cloudy. Not quite thunderstorming, but definitely like could get there. The walls are probably 20, 25 feet tall. And they are electrified barbed wire across it. It's a square, or sorry, rectangular compound. On the long sides, there are two towers. And on the short sides, there is one tower with a rather massive guard tower on each corner. There's a lot more inside, but right now you're just looking at this like vaguely crackling electric fence as like the rain hits it and like sparks a little bit. And the three of you are here to do some recon to find out what's going on with Project Martinez. Alan is going to look at Amber and go, so do you want to touch the fence? Or should I touch the fence? Testing the fence? What are you going to just go up and touch it? We're oh, right. Both- Frick, you're both. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think Amber's going to like pull up the, the hood of her new costume and look at Alan and be like, you you go deal with the fence. I'm going to try out this new like shadowy, sneaky stuff. And like she's got this massive grid. Like she's She's really pumped about this. Wait, wait, would it be too obvious if we touched the fence? If I overloaded the fence, they might instantly realize we're here. Wait, I could use that as a distraction, right? No one's opposed to me blowing things up, right? 
Amber's like staring daggers at him. No, we are not blowing things up today. Against blowing things up, but I just, I'm not sure that this is a moment to draw attention to ourselves. Okay, okay. Slash also didn't, if you, aren't they gonna, because you came from, I feel like you're also not the one to get caught. Like, that's not the ideal, right? No, no. Okay, so we need to get around the fence. Probably not over it. I'm assuming they have spotlights. And Alan looks at the facility, you know, through the electric fence, and he's like, I'm sure if we hopped the fence, as I'm sure all three of us can, and he looks over at Amber and he goes, I don't remember. Can you fly? No, but also, what if we just climbed the fence? Like, the electricity can't hurt two of us. Yeah, but if we climb the fence, I might overload the fence by accident. Also, Clara can't climb the fence. I can probably climb the fence and be fine. Even though it's electric? I mean, it'll hurt, but then I'll feel better afterwards. Okay, here. I... Yeah, most ha- things can't hurt me. I have an idea. I'll help you guys over. Okay, so there's the towers at the four corners. Cool. Okay, so so in, in the comic, we need to have Amber pulling that map out of her pack. Wait, do we do we actually have a map, or is this just for our reference? You all got a basic layout of the facility from the photographs, and from some of the information in Lynx's file. You can kind of pick piece together, like, between, like, Saber information that Lynx was able to give you and like information in the photographs, you're able to like piece together what a lot of these things are. So as you can tell, there's a, um, you know that there's like housing in, I'm gonna call the Northeast corner. In the Southeast corner, there's a building that you're not sure what's in there. Then there's uh, four different labs inside, a med lab or med bay, uh, an admin building, what is clearly a hangar for both like jet planes and also like rather large vehicles. You didn't really see too much, but you saw some like large wheels in the photos. And then there's a garage for like generic parking and what looks like a compound for animals in the southwest corner, though it's not really clear why there are animals. You just saw some like livestock being brought in. Okay, so there's these towers that probably have guards that we should deal with. Yeah, there there are guards at every tower. There are 10 towers total. So I think uh, Alan would look at Amber. Do we actually have this hand-drawn map from our intel? Please tell me we do. You do. You have some sort of hand-drawn map. So Alan would actually look at the map and be like, okay, so if the towers are guarded and he looks up at the towers, they're definitely going to see us crossing the fence. I could... Wait, which side are we on? They also have entrances. If the towers have guards, they also have entrances into the facility, right? Somebody has to go up and down those stairs. Or somebody... They have to get up to those towers somehow. Oh, well, okay. I was going to say, um, wait, what are we doing? Are we rescuing? We're just checking it out. But if they're towers, then they cast a shadow. So I'm going to go take care of one of those. Well, if we're just checking it out, why don't we get aerial photographs? I can fly. CC can fly. We got to get in the buildings. We got to see what's inside. Does CC not have x-ray? Probably not that intense. Not to hijack into a saber facility. Rebel Rouser, what are you doing to get inside? I'm sticking to the side of the building that is casting a shadow. So I'm hiding in there and I am trying to use the cover of the shadows to scale the building or like not the whole building. Cause it's just a tower, but just like scale to the top and like peek over. Remind me what your shadow powers are. Like what kind of shadow powers do you have? Uh, I have shadow cloak, stealth and shadow senses. Phenomenal. What, what, 
Shadow senses is kind of a broad term. Describe for the readers what shadow senses look like for you. I guess it's like once she's in a shadow, it's like the world kind of changes from her eyes in a way. It's kind of like a flip of light and dark where her eye isn't focused on what's lit up in the room, but what's dark in the room. So maybe not like a change in vision, but more of like a change of focus. Oh, I love that. All right, so you are trying to use your shadow stealth to scale this building. I want you to go ahead and roll to unleash your powers. Okay. That's a 14. All right, tell me what that looks like as you scale this building. So we see her go from, I guess, like the whatever like cover of trees we had and just immediately go around the trees until she gets into the shadow and just, I feel like she runs like, a lot faster and like starts to like fade from the perspective of Tyrannus and Wild Thing. And she starts like climbing up the building like a kind of like a spider, but it kind of just looks like a weird like shadowy form climbing up the side. And she pokes her head over. And I think we, we get a panel from the perspective of the tower where we see her face poking over. And it's just, it's very hard to see. It's very just dim and hidden. Awesome. And you pop up and you are face to face with the back of one of the guards. There's one guard on each tower and there's like a radio standing like on the desk in front of him. One thing to note, he is heavily armed. Great, great, great. I'm going to try to use the the mind clouding to like slow him down to have him like not react and then get close enough to try to knock him out. Cool. I want you to go ahead and roll to directly engage a threat to do that. Okay. Um, ooh, I have a move that lets me roll plus savior instead of plus danger. Hell yeah, read that move out for me. Since my savior is actually higher than my danger for once. Uh, when you pull your punches while directly engaging a threat, you can roll plus savior instead of plus danger. If you do, you cannot choose to impress, surprise, or frighten your foe. Great, go ahead. That's an eight. All right, on a uh, seven or nine, you can pick one from that list. I would like to take something... No, wait. Oh, do I want to take his consciousness or create an opportunity? I'm going to take his consciousness. Sweet. Describe for me what that looks like. You have full control. You take his consciousness, whatever that looks like to you. We see her like stare at him for a moment. And then we see like drawn in the panel around him, this kind of like what's clearly not a visible fog, but like something that's like just portrayed anyway, like for her sake, where it's this like gray cloud that kind of surrounds his head to slow him down and we see Amber like bring her legs up around the side of the wall and jump up and hit him over the head. Moon Harbor Heroes is produced by Anthony Sheets, T.B. Huth, and Elliot Peterson, and edited by Anthony Sheets and Sean Geddes. Anthony can be found on Twitter at Icy New Year or at IcyNewYear.com. T is a theater artist and educator in the D.C. area. She can be found at T. Huth Playwright on Twitter or T.P. Huth 94 on Instagram. Elliot can be found at Elliot Yelen on Twitter. That's E-L-L-I-O-T-Y-L-E-N. Sean can be found at The Crumpet... T-H-E-C-R-U-M-P-I-T on Twitter. Moon Harbor Heroes is played using Masks A New Generation, written by Brandon Conway and produced by Magpie Games. Our logo was designed by Beautiful Beasties. 
She can be found on Instagram at beastly.doodles or on Patreon at patreon.com slash beautifulbeasties. The music in this issue is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod. This issue is GM'd by T. Huth. Rebel Rouser is played by Elliot Peterson. The Wild Thing is played by Rose Hahn. Rose is an actor, content creator, and mental health advocate. Her podcast, What Was I Saying? Living with ADHD, can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music, or on Twitter at what underscore was I saying. She can be found on Twitter or Instagram at SmileyRosie, S-M-I-L-E-Y-R-O-S-E-Y-Y-Y-Y. Tyrannus is played by Kaido Kane. Kaido is a Twitch personality and loves their three mischievous cats. You can find them at The Versian on Twitter or as Kaido Kane on Twitch.tv. If you want to get a hold of us, email us at moonharborheroes at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at moonharborcast. If you enjoyed this issue, please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice or tell a friend. Five-star reviews and word of mouth are really the best way for us to keep bringing these stories to more people. If you'd like to support us financially, check us out at patreon.com slash moonharborheroes. Supporting us there will give you access to bonus issues each month. And thank you for helping us save the world. We'll see you next issue.